0: Welcome to the Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEO Podcast. I'm Martin Harsberger, President of Measurable Results LLC and martinharsberger.com. I'm a retired CEO of both a manufacturing company and a third-party logistics company. We were lucky enough to grow both to eight-figure organizations. I've been consulting with small and mid-tier companies for the past 16 years. Our mission with this podcast is to provide a forum to help CEOs in these critical industries share their stories, share best practices, and learn from each other. If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, go to www.martinharsberger.com/supply. Each interview will take about 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Supply Chain CEOs. I'm Martin Harshberger, your host. This morning I have Tyler Robertson, founder and CEO of Diesel Laptops. Welcome, Tyler. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm excited to have some conversation today. Well, Tyler and I had a conversation prior to getting on the air and talked about some of the web, or the videos I looked at yesterday. So it's pretty impressive what you've done so far. Tell us about the company. Yeah, I mean,
1: I started it, man, about seven years ago now on my garage dining room table. I thought I'd just kind of eco to living and uh, be able to provide for my, my family at a one-year-old and three-year-old at the time and a wife that didn't work. And I didn't, I didn't plan for any of this. And now we're sitting here today, about 200 employees will do over 50 million in revenue this year. And we're still growing 30, 35% a year over year. And a lot of, a lot of wind in our sale, and a lot of runway in front of us, as we like to say. And, but at the end of the day, what we do is, you know, supply chain got very popular. Everyone knows what it is now after COVID and the ripple effects we're having here. And besides us making our own products and dealing with that, but we really deal with the efficiency solutions to make sure that those vehicles and equipment stay on the road and deliver product from point A to B and get it there on time. So we provide efficiency solutions to the
0: diesel equipment repair world. That's awesome. It, it, the supply chain, I've had a lot of guests done recently on supply chains, manufacturing supply chain. And I have one coming up that just, just did an acquisition to, to buy, uh, he, he's, he was brokering uh, maritime carriages. Now he's bought a manufacturing company to try to address that. So people like yourself are addressing, the, starting to address those problems. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your product. Who are your customers?
1: Yeah, so for us, it's anyone that fixes commercial trucks and off-highway equipment. So off-highway equipment's a big part of our world, but we'll save that for another conversation. So the on-highway stuff, it's everywhere from fleets to independent garages to big national dealership groups and and big retailers and sellers of parts. So anyone that fixes a truck, and, and people don't realize there's 9 million commercial trucks on the road today, that's the ones that are legal on the road. There's millions more that are not on the road. They're in off highway applications and whatnot. And 2020 was an interesting year. It was, the, it was the first year there was actually less trucks on the road at the end of the year than when the year started because everyone's driving them longer. You can't get new ones. They're breaking down, they're failing, they're, they're getting their useful life is gone. So it's, it's a problem that's getting worse and worse and worse. Diesel technician, there's a huge shortage out in that area as well. Um, On the internet right now, if you go on justindeed.com, there's somewhere around 80,000 open job positions for diesel techs. Our technical schools and programs will produce about 10,000 this year. So there's a huge gap in that world as well. So all this is kind of leading up to trucks are being on the road longer and longer. You got a diesel technician population that's actually shrinking. And more demand and things have gotten a lot more complicated to fix a truck. These are basically big computers driving up and down the road now, much the way automotive went 10 or 15 years ago. And it's creating kind of this whole perfect storm of people just not knowing how to fix trucks and you have a long downtimes. And when you have long downtimes and long lead times to even get into the shop to even get work done, people can't plan their loads and products don't show up at stores. And it has that ripple effect. COVID, I mean, we shut everything down for a little bit. And this ripple effect's going to last years it's the same thing that happens in a little microcosm every time a truck breaks down and that product doesn't get where it should go there's a problem and some factory stopping or someone's not getting their product or deliveries are screwed up and it's it's a huge mess that's hard to fix
0: well you may you make a good point about diesel techs i mean it's, it's the same in manufacturing the, the machinists and tool time makers and the guys that can do electromechanical maintenance are all in short supply and we haven't developed that and diesel tech same thing that's like we were talking before we started recording about my client that, that sometimes a truck waits six weeks because there's one diesel tech that can look at it for a warranty claim. Which is- and it's, it, it, it's really
1: bad out there. I mean, we, we sell to repair shops, right? So we have a call center staff with about 40 people, half of them are diesel techs. And all day long, all we do is we help people fix trucks remotely is what we do. And I can tell you the vast majority of them, so it's not everybody, but the vast majority of them don't know how to properly diagnose a truck. They don't know how to do basic electrical skills. And they end up being the parts cannon. They just throw parts at it, throw parts at it, throw parts at it until it fixes it. And again, costs everybody more time, everybody more money. And it's a problem. These are these are tools that people use to make money and deliver product. That's what a truck is. It's not like a passenger car where we just get from point A to B. So it's it's it, it's a it's a not a good situation out there. The industry's been trying to fix it for a while. I think they're out in left field with what they're trying to do. There's some companies that I think are in the right area and doing the right things and getting a lot of traction to help fix it. But it's not going to get fixed overnight, and I think at the end of the day, all this gets solved two ways: the logistics, the employment shortages. It gets fixed with decreasing demand. So let's get let's get trucks uh, fixed quicker, and let's get more technicians and more bodies in the field. So it's got to be both solutions from technology and the employment standpoint.
0: I'm going to get too technical because I'm I'm uh, I'm old enough now. My technical skills are a little dated, but. Uh... But one of the problems we used to have in my company with logistics was interfacing with various computer systems when outsourced. What's, what's, what kind of interface problems do you have? Because, you know, there are, how many makers of diesel engines and your interface isn't always the same, is it? it it's still it's so all I'll get it at a high scale. All right. So um,
1: all the truck manufacturers that build trucks, they realize this is a problem. So they've all said the same thing. You don't hear them talk about fuel efficiency and resale value. You hear them all talking about uptime. We're going to keep your vehicle on the road as quickly as possible. That's, that's yeah. everything they talk about now. And one of the ways they do that is they put computers in these trucks that send data to their cloud centers. And then they have, you know, PACCAR has a PACCAR makes trucks, with them Peterbilt. They have a staff and they monitor all the data coming in. And when there is a problem, they immediately remotely diagnose it and then they tell the person where to go and they contact that person to get into the dealer quicker. Um, And they actually have the parts ready for them and they have the diagnostics ready. So the dealer already knows what's coming before it even gets there. So that's, that's great. Um, But the problem is they, you know, you only get that service for the first year or two when you buy your truck and say you buy three or four different brands. Now you got three or four different platforms. Um, It's a problem. So that's where companies like us step in And say, well, hey, look, we can do that in the aftermarket world. So we don't care when they're brand new. We care when they're two, three, four years and older. And let's create a unique platform where people can send us their data. And to answer your question, data's got to come off multiple different devices into a standardized platform where we can absorb it all. And then have our call center and our resources analyze all that data and tell people what's going on with their vehicles. So a year ago, if you would have asked me or someone told me like, hey, Tyler, I think that we can monitor data on a vehicle and tell you before you have a mechanical failure or electrical failure. I would have said, you're absolutely nuts, that's not possible. But we went through a big trial period with a customer and we partnered up with an advanced uh, machine learning company, AI company. And we got, they got the data, we had to adapt the vehicles, to the machine company, and our call center would manage that and look at everything, look at all these events that would happen. And uh, it blew my mind when we were able to predictively know before a failure occurred, and get that vehicle to a shop and have that shop actually look at it and be like man you're right this was about to go you just saved us a bunch of downtime and a bunch of money so that's real technology that's starting to exist today and you see it more in the automotive space with the teslas and all the things that are happening in that space these in, you know software companies are becoming car companies but it's coming to heavy truck and I, I go back to my original comment the way you fix downtime and problems in in these little things speed bumps that happen in logistics is you use technology to do it and that's one of the solutions that technology is coming with and it's a, so it's the a interface issues
0: function. are handled by the ai company you just you just get the data you, they populate your fields the way you want them so you can see it so it's yeah awesome. so it, yeah it comes under three pieces you got to get the, the, the data
1: off the vehicle and there's multiple companies that do that you have to have a very very good data analytics machine learning ai tool But the problem is those companies don't know commercial truck. They don't know if they're looking at an automotive, a commercial truck, a locomotive, or a wind turbine. So they don't know what's important to look at. So that's where subject matter experts like us step in and say, oh, well, we do do this stuff. We know this stuff. This is exactly in our wheelhouse. And you kind of need all three pieces of that in order to do that. And the interesting thing is I didn't, I kind of assume these big fleets that have 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 assets around they were, they were really like on top of their maintenance game and their breakdown, they're, they're not. <laughs> because that's not their core business. Their core business is doing whatever they do, hauling product, putting up telephone poles or whatever it is. And they're just tools that they're using to do those things. So that has been the eye-opener for me this last year. Is Man, even these big companies, names you'd recognize, they're not that great at maintenance and predictive. They, they need people like us. And frankly, all the small guys do too. Most of the market is smaller fleets. So that's where we're heading as a company.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think predictive maintenance. My background is manufacturing and high tech, but I think predictive maintenance in any field, not just trucking, is is uh, woefully underused. It's 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 always patch the thing and wait till it fails. And it's data. You're right. It's data collection of data and using it. So, uh, so your big differentiator. What what would you say is your biggest differentiator?
1: So, like t- you know, today's business. Our company is constantly evolving. You know, at first. At first it was just really simple. Hey, let's just put products in the marketplace to help people be more efficient. And then it was, okay, you can't just give them a diagnostic tool because you gotta train them how to use it. You gotta put a call center behind it. And that that tool will tell you the code, it won't tell you how to fix it, that's repair information. So we gotta go build repair information. So as our company's grown here, we're the only company that goes to market to people that fix trucks and say, look, we're not gonna sell you just a diagnostic tool. You can buy a diagnostic tool off Amazon, you can go to Walmart. I mean, you, you can go, you'd be amazed where you can buy truck diagnostic tools. Right, so especially with the internet. So let's not just do that, but let's provide you the training. Let's provide you a call center with diesel technicians and IT pros. Let's provide you with repair information. And the really big one that we've been working on for years and spending millions of dollars on is the part side of it. So when a vehicle breaks down, you need a part to fix it, right? And in our world, um, everyone takes the same part and they put it in a different box, a different sticker, and they put their own part numbers on it. And they all sell them at different prices. And nobody really knows how these things actually cross-reference to each other. Are they the same? Are they not the same? So we built a huge database of millions of truck part numbers and used, again, technology, AI and learning and algorithms to figure out, hey, what parts are actually the same as somebody else's part? And it's been a a cool thing. And We've found over 30 million times now where we found one part is the exact same as another part number that nobody knew about. So it's uh, interesting what you can do with data.
0: It's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's a, it's an awesome service that, you, that you've done. That I would think the, the manufacturers probably don't like that much because they make their money on spare parts, right? It, they, they do,
1: but I'll tell you a story that just happened. I mean, I was just, I mean, I'm, on a, I'm on a lot of Facebook groups with truck owners and repair shops and diesel techs. And there's this owner, he's been posting this group on Facebook every day for 10 days. He's literally in his sleeper of his truck at a dealership waiting on a $300 part. And he was there for ten days through Christmas, waiting on that one single part to show up. And in the meantime, he wasn't home for Christmas. He had to literally live in the live in his truck at the dealership. And he lost, he said, an estimated, you know, I think he said estimated six thousand dollars in revenue during that time for a three hundred dollar part. And the the problem is, is it's not easy to go source parts. If someone says, oh, that's the part number, you're like, well, does somebody else makes it? So think about this way: if you drive a car, say you drive a, a Toyota Camry, and your shift knob breaks. does toyota actually make that shift knob or the, the the gear shift no they don't there's a third party manufacturer that actually makes it and they probably make it for ford chevy a bunch of other companies it's the same in truck truck manufacturers make very little of their own components they outsource them to people that make those components and they just put their brand on them and their partners. They're assemblers members. yeah right so, yeah they're assemblers is what they are for the most part i mean someone makes their own engines now and the major components but they're not making the hood latches and hoods and windshields they don't do that So if you can actually figure out who makes all these parts and start figuring out where parts cross to and how they relate to each other. And we've had to build a lot of technology. And again, we've spent millions of dollars doing this, but now we're able to go to the market and tell people like, oh yeah, that one part that they're out of at the Kenworth dealership, by the way, the Mac dealership has that part number under their part number on their shelf at their place. So where we're going is we're connecting to sellers that sell parts. And we have a platform. Think of it like a marketplace, like eBay-ish, where you can look up your own parts, which is groundbreaking in our industry. And not only that, but you can see who has them in stock and when you can get them and what the price is. And we say the world—that's sh- the way the world should work. And I, I think people listen to this be like, "Man, that already happens. That's Amazon. That's Rock Auto. That's that's everything. That does not exist in heavy truck. And it's a 34 billion-dollar-year market for this truck parts world." And it's not the parts that are being sold; the downtime that it's causing is the big problem in our industry. So that's where we're going: allowing people to go from fault code or exploded views to the part number they need to buy, within a couple of minutes, and that's revolutionary in our world.
0: One of, the, one of the notes I just made here, you made a you made a significant investment in doing that. How do you get paid for that? You're not selling parts. Yeah, the farm, you
1: get the yeah, I know. People look at me crazy because I'm like, yeah, we spent you know four, five, six million dollars building this whole parts platform, and we made it absolutely free, and it drives no revenue today. So people are like, well, how did you do that, right? And I can tell you how we didn't do it. We we didn't take investment money and we didn't go get a loan to do it. So what we did and what we've been doing since day one when I started this company is bootstrapping it. So every dollar we make as a company, we put right back into the company and decide where we want to go even faster. So what's funding this is all the people that are buying these diagnostic kits and the, the hardware and software they need to fix trucks today. And we take all that profit and we put it right back into the company to go build the next evolution of these products to make it world even a better place. That's awesome. That really is. How did you get into this business? Yeah, yeah. So the story there is I, I actually failed out of college. So I was in college for computer engineering and I got kicked out. Um, I learned if you don't go to class at college, you get kicked out. So that, that was the lesson I learned there. And then my, my family's always been a bunch of entrepreneurs going back to my great-grandfather. Um, so my, my family, they owned a bunch of concrete companies. They had some great years. They wanted to expand. So they decided to buy a truck dealership. And I got kicked out of college, and they said, "Tyler, well, you're out of college. Uh, we need some manual labor to help build this building." So I got in the building, and then, of course, you know, you need computer systems. I'm the computer guy, so I help install the desktops, the servers. Someone needed to learn the whole ERP systems, so that was me, and I just kind of got stuck working at a truck dealership for years. Um, they eventually sold it. Um, actually, they bought it a competitor, and they sold it. And I went to go work for someone else. And I, at the end of the day, I've been around commercial truck repair for over 20 years now. Um, And I know how that world works very, very well. And I understand the pain points and the problems they have in that world. Um, But it was a remarkable experience to be in your 20s and being able to hang out in a service department and parts department, see how truck sales are done and and do all those things. It was uh, the best paid education I could ever get, paid off way better than college ever was going to pay me for. Um, And I ended up going back to night school to get my degree. But uh, my heart's in the whole truck repair industry, which is I, I know a little micro niche, but it's a it's a big industry.
0: Yeah, you saw a problem and you solved it. I mean, that's a success of business, right? Find a problem and fix it, right? <laughs> hey,
1: someone someone told me recently the riches are in the niches. So we'll we'll see uh, if that's true or not. And I, I have this conversation with my wife all the time. I'm like, man, you know, what if we just stop putting all the money back in the company to do these things and we just just like banked it, right? And just just put it aside, we'll be good. But I'm like, you know what? My company doesn't survive for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years if we do that. I think our company has the opportunity to create a positive impact in our industry. Not many companies can say that. So for me, it's all about finding out how far we can push this thing.
0: Great. So what do you, what do you see in the next two or three years for your company?
1: Yeah, it's, it's the evolution. So, you know, as I said earlier, I started in my garage and dining room table. So it was just me. I, and I tell every new employee that comes in here. I've never been the CEO of a company before, so if it looks like we don't know what we're doing, it's because I don't know what we're doing and we're, we're trying to figure it out. So part of that's a couple evolutions we're going through. One is just this entrepreneurial shoot from the hip, let's go do fun, crazy stuff to this more professionally managed, let's use data analytics to make business decisions. So all of our employees and everything go through leadership training and mentorship and, and all these things that have to happen. Uh, in order for us to do that. So that's one kind of evolution that we're still going through as a company and doing those things. The other one is, you know, a lot of what we sell and have sold in the past have been third-party products or services we've combined and, and created things for people. And a lot of this is becoming a software company. So I'm a truck repair guy. I know what a truck dealership looks like. I know what a truck repair facility does. I have no idea what a software company looks like. So we've really staffed up a lot. We have a full staff now of vehicle engineers. These are words I didn't even know before the end of the year. Like, Kanban boards and Scrum Masters and PMOs, like I, I, I had no idea we needed this stuff, but we've really doubled down and we're really like, okay, we got the foundation, we got the building blocks, we have ideas, we know these things will fix the market and help do things, let's go, let's go all in. So we're all in, on really being truly a software company first and letting software provide solutions to people. And then we'll fill it back in with the hardware and the resources that people need to be successful at what they do in their in their profession with their trucks. Um, so for us, the other big goal is, I think we have the ability to be a $100 million revenue company. So it sounds crazy to say we're gonna go double from 50 to 100 million in three years, but that's the goal we have with the company. And it's a thing we think we can do over here. And it's really know. the foundation and Building Block to do that.
0: I think you have to do, you have to make jumps like that. I mean, especially if you're, if you're a pioneer in an industry, Sooner or later, people are going to notice you and try to knock you off, right? And the bigger That's you get, the solid, more solids you get, the harder it is to happen. So I, I'd support that myself personally.
1: Yeah, we I call think it think building the motor around here, right? Because we know like, okay, someone could do this and... A lot of, I'll be honest, a lot of people have, I mean, I, the first couple of salespeople I hired, they ended up quitting and just becoming competitors because they're like, Oh, there's big money in this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go sell these products. So, you know, we had to fight through that, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we've really become the brand name in our space where people realize they need a diagnostic tool or services. It's diesel laptops. We just got to get them to realize we do these other things as well. And that's, that's always a challenge to introduce new products in the marketplace. And not only new products, but products that fix problems they don't even know they have. So it's going yeah. to be a fun, a fun battle. But that's why I enjoy doing these podcasts, and it's why we are active on social media, and it's it's why we do the things we do at Diesel Laptops. It's to make the world
0: a little bit better place in in our space
1: with the opportunities that we have in front of us.
0: Sounds great. Now I was impressed when I I'm to looked at your packages and 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 some of your videos. Uh, anything else you want to tell the audience about your company? I think you covered a lot. Of it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the
1: day, if, if people, I guess I'll, I'll throw two freebies here for them, really three. So if, if people are listening to this and they own trucks or they work with trucks at all, a couple of free resources for them. Number one, if they go to repair.diesellaptops.com, we've made a ton of repair information free for everybody. So if they have a check engine light that comes on and they can pull a code off their dash or use a tool, you can look them all up for free on that website. You can do wiring diagrams, you can do component locators, remove and replace instructions. It's a freemium platform. So there's all kinds of free content on there. The other one is the parts information. So that's the other big piece of this is people need to know what parts they need to buy and they can't look them up themselves. So we can on our platform. So parts.diesellaptops.com, hundred percent free platform. Again, we've spent millions and continue to spend millions a year on that platform to allow people to look up their own parts. The marketplace is coming right up behind it. And the other one is if they go to diesellaptops.com, um, they go right at the top of the page, they'll see a free section. There's all kinds of free diagnostic software and free things on there and, and ways to learn. So we're just here to try to keep spreading the word about, hey, there's a bunch of free resources to help you guys, help, help everybody out that's trying to manage this whole process. Um, so yeah, with, with that, that, that'd be the three things, I guess I'd want people to walk away from knowing about that's this great. conversation.
0: It is, I, I, uh, once again, congratulations on what you built.
1: Thank you very much. It's uh, we'll we'll see if we get to our three-year goal or not. So we'll uh, time will tell.
0: I'm sure you will. Thanks for listening to manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. If you're a successful CEO in manufacturing or supply chain, would like to be part of the program, please visit www.martinharshberger.com/supply. If you got some value out of the interview, please share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you know someone that would make a great guest, tag them and let them know about the show. Again, our mission is to focus on manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. We'd like to share your story and provide industry trends and updates that would interest our listeners. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and interviews go a long way in promoting the show. Connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Martin Harsberger uh, or through my website, www.martinharshberger.com. Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening.